God bless you, Pastor C. Amen. Thank God for Pastor C, uh, for our senior leaders, Apostle Willie Talbert and Apostle Mamie Talbert, and to all the associate pastors and ministers, and to you, the good people of God that are viewing us virtually. Uh, we say good evening to you. Welcome to our Sunday night Ignite service. Uh, it is such an honor to be able to bring the word to you on tonight. Amen. And so uh, tonight we're going to talk about uh, access to victory by the grace of God, access to victory by the grace of God. And so, Lord God, we just thank you right now for your word that we're going to go into. Lord God, we thank you, Lord, for wisdom, knowledge, understanding, might, counsel, the fear of the Lord, the anointing of God, a kingdom, sermon, the tongue to learn, that I should know how to speak a word in season, Lord God, to those that are weary. Lord God, we just praise you and we thank you right now for your word. Lord God, empowering people to live the victorious Christian life in you. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. 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 And so in talking about access to victory by the grace of God, uh, Jim Elliott says this. He says, how wonderful to know that Christianity is more than a padded pew or a dim cathedral, but that it is a real living experience which goes from grace to grace and we know uh during the pandemic you know we actually had to see this in real life that it's not about the padded pew or the or the cathedral the building the physical uh structure um but it, it is about growing from grace to grace and so let's look at uh our scripture which is coming from the first scripture coming from Hebrews 4, verse 16. Hebrews 4, verse 16. And Hebrews 4, verse 16 says this, Therefore, let us approach the throne of grace with boldness so that we may receive mercy and find grace to help us at the proper time. And then uh, Acts 20, verse 32 says, And now I commit you to God and to the message of his grace which is able to build you up and to give you an inheritance among all who are sanctified. Amen. And so in talking about access to victory uh, by the grace of God, uh, we need to understand what grace is. And so the word grace in the Greek is the word charis, uh, and it means goodwill, favor, loving kindness uh, that has a divine influence upon our heart and our life okay and so when when you think about this and you think about the scriptures that we read and you you then insert that definition in there then it takes on a whole new meaning where uh it talks about let us approach the throne of grace and so that's the throne of god's god's goodwill god's favor god's loving kindness okay let us approach that that throne because it, it shows us and it gives the it gives us the image that when we approach God, God is not saying, looking at us with a scowl on his face, trying to push us away, but God is actually trying to draw us closer. He wants us to be closer to him. He wants us to be actually in him, which is why Paul tells the believers, again, Paul tells the believers that we're in Christ, we're in him. You know, when we, when we get saved, when we ex accept Jesus Christ as our Lord and Savior, then we're accepting that invitation to come into him. 
okay? And so he wants us. He wants us. So it says the throne of grace with boldness. So we're seeing now that God is extending his arms towards us. And so we can now have that boldness to actually approach his throne. We're not, we're not groveling, you know, and sniveling or uh, like we're afraid that he's going to strike us dead. I remember growing up, uh, that was the main thing that a lot of people uh, will push, you know, God's going to strike you dead. God's going to strike you dead. Well, according to scripture, according to scripture, it tells us that now we have access to his grace, his love and kindness, his favor, his goodwill. And that is why he did not strike us dead on our sins, because he doesn't want us to die in our sins, but he wants everyone to come to a saving knowledge of Jesus Christ and, and come into a, a stronger and, and closer relationship with him and establish that relationship with him. And so then uh, that also helps us to look at Acts 20, 32 a little bit different because it says, I, and now I commit to you, I commit you to God and to the message of his grace, his favor, his goodwill, his loving kindness, uh, which is able to build you up. Think about that. It's able to build you up and to give you an inheritance among all who are sanctified. So what is what is what is the writer saying here? The writer is saying here, he's saying, I commit you to the message of his grace, his goodwill, his favor, his love and kindness, because his goodwill, his favor, his love and kindness is that is that environment that is conducive for our spiritual growth. If it is that environment where God's going to strike you dead, where the fear and the dread is there, we're not going to grow because we're not going to feel that we're worthy to receive. But when we understand the fact that we are recipients of his goodwill, his favor, his loving kindness, then what happens is we're able now to receive from him, to actually look up to him and receive from him on a daily basis and cultivate that relationship with God, realizing that the more that we receive from him, the more of God that we receive into ourselves and the closer we get to his heart where we can actually know the thoughts and the intents of his heart because even scripture tells us that that those secret things are revealed to the ones that are close to him it's not revealed to strangers it's not revealed to the people that are afraid to come close but it's those people that give themselves in devotion and cultivate that relationship and that intimacy with him those are the ones the ones that understand what his grace what his favor, his goodwill, his loving kindness means. And they understand that when I, I then uh, it understand that it's able to build me up. And then that knowledge, the knowledge of his will, the knowledge of his will is then it enables me to receive my inheritance. That is what it means when it says, and to give you an inheritance among those who are sanctified. And when it uses the word sanctified, it's not implying that we are those people that uh, wear the doilies on your head. You wear, uh, for women uh, growing up, they wear the long skirts and they've never wore pants because they were sanctified mamas, you know? So they wore the, they wore those the skirts and, uh, and they never showed their arms, you know, it's stuff like they never wore makeup, never wore earrings. I, mom and I were talking the other day because somebody posted a meme on, on uh, Facebook and, and the back of the head reminded my mom of her, herself years ago uh, when we were when we were in the Baptist church. And, and so so uh, it, we, we had a good laugh. But my mom then talked about how, you know, it took her a while to actually understand that our clothing, you know, our clothing is not what shows that we're sanctified, but it's the internal work of the Holy Spirit. 
It's the internal work of the Holy Spirit that enables us to live a life that is pleasing to God. Because in religious circles, everything is about all the external things that you do. Okay, it's about not wearing the pants. It's about not wearing a lipstick. It's about not going to the movies. It's it's about things like that. But it's it it's very seldom is regarding the the change of heart, because you had a lot of people that were wearing long skirts that didn't wear makeup that that you know uh, that didn't wear shorts. You know, even men couldn't wear shorts. You know, that's what we were told. Men couldn't wear shorts. You know, wore, if you wore shorts to church one time, I wore shorts to church and I, I was told, uh, you know, you're not supposed to wear that. And I'm like, why? You know, like it was hot. It was 100 degrees. You know, what do you want me to wear? You know, but it, anyway, um, but like it was more about the external appearances of things. And there were people who could maintain the appearance but inside they were not sanctified inside they were not they were not they were not righteous inside they were not transformed their minds weren't renewed they were they were still living in sin by looking they still looking like they were you know holy and sanctified on the outside but on the inside they were rotting but when it talks about sanctification it's that person who who's, who understands what the what the finished work of Christ did for us on Calvary and what it did for us in eternity, okay? And, and we understand the fact that through Jesus Christ's sacrifice, through his blood sacrifice, we enter into a covenant with God. We enter into a covenant with God of his own blood. It wasn't the blood of bulls and goats and, and lambs, it, but it was the blood of Christ that blood that causes us to enter into divine covenant with God. And then it gives us the authority to be his children, to be his children and to use all that he has. Remember in Ephesians where it says that we're seated in Christ in heavenly places and we have all spiritual blessings in heavenly places in Christ. Okay, it gives us the access to all that is his. Even Peter says his divine power has given us all things that pertain to life and godliness according to the knowledge. That message of his grace is the knowledge by which we grow by. And once we grow in that knowledge, then we receive our, we, we then enter in and receive our inheritance amongst all those that are sanctified amongst all those that have that internal work of God that is happening on the inside of them, okay? And so then there's some things we need to consider now. And so we need to decide once and for all that we will not be defeated. If you want access to victory by the grace of God, then you have to make up in your mind that you will not be defeated. You will not settle for any less than victory. Okay? And, and, and then the second thing that you need to think and you need to establish in your heart and your mind is that you will not quit. You will not quit. And, and I know that life sometimes can deal with some tough blows. I, I mean, uh, it, even during the, the 2020, 2021, you know, time period, 
you know, life dealt a lot of people a lot of tough blows, whether it's through uh, the loss of family, through illness, through uh, uh, e economic or, or social. Uh, there were there were some blows. OK, there were some blows that we that we were dealt. And, and some people so even throughout this time, because there was so much death and despair that was happening around, there were some people that quit their walk with God. They renounced Christ because they didn't understand within themselves. They didn't understand how all this could, could happen. And, and they, they, they may have prayed, you know, the first day, prayed the second day, maybe prayed three months and, and, it's, and a pandemic persisted. And, and because it didn't end when they wanted it to end, they gave up, they quit, they renounced Christ. But you have to make up in your mind, if you want victory, then you have to make up in your mind that you will not be defeated and you will not quit. I think about even, uh, uh, think about the uh, athletes, you know, when athletes are in competition, you know, and sometimes even boxers, you think about, uh, you think about, let's look at the movie Rocky, okay? The movie Rocky, uh, he, gets, he gets beat. He gets beat by Apollo Creed. He gets beat by Apollo Creed, but he didn't, he didn't quit. He didn't quit. As a matter of fact, he, he started to train harder so that he can become stronger and faster because that was one of the, that was one of the uh, strengths of Apollo Creed's uh, fighting style is that he had speed. And so Rocky had to realize that if he wanted to uh, uh, beat Apollo Creed the next time in that rematch, then he could not quit. And he had to have that fighting spirit that says, I will not be defeated. I may have been knocked down one time, but I will not be defeated. And I won't quit. Even when people told him he needs to just throw in a towel. Even I think about Rocky IV when, when Apollo Creed was killed by, by Drago and, and his wife told him, you're crazy. You, you can't fight him. You can't win. You, she said, you can't win. Doesn't she sound like Job's wife? Job's wife where, where he's going through those, those tests and trials and she's telling him, curse God and die. Just give up. But he could not quit. He realized, I will not be defeated. And so, and so when you have that determination and you have that, you, you have that fortitude within yourself that you will not quit, then you can press on. Then you can press on and see victory. And so uh, I want you to take note of this in First uh, John 5, verses 1 to 5. Uh, and that's the scripture that talks about uh, whosoever, whatsoever is born of God overcomes the world. And this is the victory that overcomes the world, even our faith. Talking about how we overcome because we're born again, we're, we're born into him, born from above, into Christ. And because we're born into him, we can experience the same victory that he experienced when he rose from the grave. And, and we can experience that in our life. We don't have to experience that in the afterlife alone, but we can experience that in our everyday lives. But you have to be determined that you will not quit and you will not be defeated. And then look at Ephesians 4.23. Okay, and so moving on, uh, you then have to take your stand. You have to take 
your stand, okay? Take your stand in grace. Take your stand in his favor, his goodwill, his love and kindness. Take your stand realizing that God is for you, okay? God is for you. Take your stand in that revelation that God is for you, okay? And so uh, Romans 5 verse 2 says what? We have also obtained access. We have also obtained access through him by faith into his grace, his favor, his loving kindness, his goodwill in which we stand. And we rejoice in the hope of the glory of God. And so God wants you to last. When he, when, when he began this work in us, he wants us to, to see it through to completion. And, and so uh, Martin Luther says this, faith is a living, daring confidence in God's grace. So sure and certain that a man could stake his life on it a thousand times. Are you willing to stake your life on the promises of God as, as long as it takes to see the manifestation of the promise. And in and, and Romans well, 5, we see where it says, Abraham hoped against hope. When it didn't make sense, Abraham hoped against hope. And so that is a, 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 an example for us that when we are, are looking and expecting the promises of God uh, for our lives to come to pass, to be manifest and made real in our lives, uh, the realization of those things, then we have to then get to that point because stuff is going to happen to make us doubt, but we have to hope against hope when it don't make sense to keep hoping, to keep expecting, to keep looking for the manifestation to come around the corner or down the street. We have to keep looking for it. We have to keep expecting it. We have to keep moving forward. I think about even during the process of when uh, my wife and I uh, were looking for a house and, and it got to a point because the market was tough, okay? You go and you bid, somebody outbid you or, or somebody says, I'll, I'll pay cash, you know, or they were waiving certain conditions and contingencies. But we wanted to, we wanted to protect ourselves and so we didn't want to compromise on any other things. And so we, so there came a time though, where we had every weekend for months, we had looked at house after house, going to open houses and, and, and stood in line and, and, and just, we, we had put an offer after offer after offer. And it got to the point to where, you know, we started thinking maybe, you know, we should just wait. Maybe now is not the time, but in my heart, I kept hearing God say, no, now is the time. Now is the time, and I want you to expect for me to work this out in your favor. And so what happened is uh, we I, I told my wife what God said. I said, no, he's, God said we shouldn't give up. We can't give up. We got, this is our time. We're going to keep, we're going to go for it. We're going to go for it, okay? And so what happened was uh, after this, you know, uh, we we gone through this process, and we put in offers, and it get rejected, and so we're waiting. And I'm expecting something to work out. And then I, I hoped against hope. And then all of a sudden, the manifestation of my hope came to pass because the house, one of the houses that we put an offer on and got rejected, 
actually came back around and said, on second thought, we'll accept your offer with all your terms. And we have our house. And so we that that is where you say, I will not be defeated. I will not quit. So even if it took me continuing to look at houses and keep on going over and over, my in my my confession was that before 2021 had expired, I would be in my new house. And I've seen throughout my life that when I make a confession and I, I believe God and I hope against hope, I've never seen where God has disappointed me. And God will not disappoint you. But you have to be willing to not be defeated. You have to be willing to not quit and not give up on what is going in spite of what is going on around you or what is happening to you you cannot allow those distractions to cause you to doubt the promises of god and give up because god wants to come through for you but he needs you to have that strength of spirit just like he told Joshua in Joshua 1, he said, be strong and very courageous. Why did he say be strong and very courageous? Because there were going to some testing times that were going to come that would make him doubt that the promised land was really in their promise and would make him think that maybe it's for the next generation. But no, God told him and told Caleb, he said, because you have a different spirit, you will be the only two from the original Exodus generation that will see the promises of God. And God is asking asking tonight, how many of you will have a different spirit and hope against hope and be strong and very courageous and see the promise of God manifest for your life? Because God has a good promise for you, but God needs you to believe him. So take your stand. Take your stand. Identify yourself as the favorite of God. Identify yourself as a, as a benefit, beneficent of his goodwill. Uh, of his loving kindness, see yourself, see yourself in victory. And, and so then the next thing is you need to drown out the voices and flood your attention with the word of his grace. What did he tell Joshua in Joshua 1? 8, he told him the this book of instruction. And in the New King James, it says the book of the law, but his book of instruction. This book of instruction must not depart from your mouth. You are to recite it day and night so that you may be careful to observe everything written in it. How many of us will begin to decree the word of God for our lives in spite of everything that we see? We will let the word of God, the word of his grace, the word of his favor, the word of his goodwill, the word of his loving kindness come out of our mouth. When all the news around us is bad, we will begin to decree the promises of God. Even if we are sick, we will say, by his stripes, I am healed. Even though we may be taking our medication, even as we take our medication, we are decreeing, by his stripes, I am healed. We will listen to the doctor's instructions and say, by his stripes, I am healed until we see the manifestation of that healing. If you need provision, then you will say, my God shall supply all my need according to his riches and glory. And you will begin to say that I am blessed with all spiritual blessings in heavenly places in Christ. I have access to all that is his because of the blood covenant of his son, Jesus Christ. And I will not be defeated. I will not quit. I will not give up. I will not fail. Hallelujah.
to drown out those voices because there'll be people that, yes, they love you, but in a moment of temporary insanity, they will start to tell you, maybe it's not for you. Maybe, maybe now it's not your time. Maybe you should just wait. Maybe you should just settle for this. But you have to flood your mind and let your let you hear yourself speaking and confessing the word of God over yourself. Come into agreement, speak into agreement and flood your attention. Just all that you, even if you got to just let scripture play on tape as you drive, just let it flood. I remember getting a notice on one of my jobs over a decade ago. I got a notice. Uh, we got called to a meeting and told that we we're going to be laid off. And so as you could imagine, I was pretty bummed about that. Okay. But as I began to just think, God said, remember what I've taught you. Remember that your faith can cause this situation to turn around. And as I began to drive to work the next morning, God began to speak to me and God said, the struggle is over and with these shall it come. And he said, I want you to say that over and over again. And I began to say, the struggle is over and with these shall it come. The struggle is over and with these shall it come. And I began to say it over and over again, over and over again, because I'm applying to jobs and sometimes you're getting... Uh, rejection notices within the hour, but I kept applying and I'm saying the struggle is over with these shall it come. And all of a sudden uh, I'm getting, uh, I'm getting an offer and then I'm getting another offer and not, and then I have a choice and I leave before the layoff takes effect and settle into my new job. But I had, I could not wallow in pity and defeat. I could not wallow in despair. I could not marinate, but I had to meditate on the word. I had to, I had to get the word inside of me where he promises provision. He promises to keep me. He promises that, and, and he promises never to leave me nor forsake me. And so I had to get that word. I had to let that word. And, and so every day as I'm driving to work, my confession was that the struggle is over and with these shall come. I had to make that, I had to, I had to even turn off the radio for a minute and just, and just continually confess what he told me to confess. And then when I did turn the radio on or, or entertain, because I just refused to watch TV or anything because I did not want any doubt to think it had room in my life or in my heart. And you never know what you'll hear or see when you turn on the TV or turn on the radio, even Christian radio. And then when I did, I would have the, the scripture on CD. You know, this is before MP3 had scripture on CD that would just play over and over and over and over and over and again. And because I and then I would listen to messages. I just wanted to make sure I was flooding my heart with the word. And so it says, for then you will prosper and succeed in whatever you do. Your prosperity, your success is up to you. He's already made the promise that he wants to do it, but he needs you to come into agreement with him. And sometimes 
you have to you have to go through that biblical reprogramming called meditation, which means to ponder, to think on, to churn over and over again. You gotta you gotta just let the word just let the word get in, get in, get in to where you can start to think like him and speak like him. And so we got to speak those words, the words of his grace, speak the words of grace. You start speaking in alignment with his grace. Ephesians 4.29 says what? No foul language is to come from your mouth, but only what is good for building up someone in need so that it gives grace to those who hear. And so when it's talking about foul language, it's not only talking about profanity, but it's talking about those uh, words of doubt and unbelief. Those words that, that will set you up for failure. That's foul language. It stinks to God. And so, and, and, and we get into the habit of, of, of spewing out to, to other people. And what do you think is happening as you're spewing out to them? It's not building them up. It's, it's draining them. You've, you've experienced it. Somebody comes to you and they just complain and complain and complain. And what happens at the end of that conversation? Do you feel like, yes, I can conquer them out? No. Most of the time you feel like, ugh, I feel filthy. I feel ugh. But in the beginning of the, of the message, most of my messages, you hear me pray a prayer and you hear me say, Lord, give me the tongue to learn that I should know how to speak a word in season to them that are weary. Even this week on our social media, uh, we, we put that as one of the posts. And so that's important because we have to uh, always be positioned to where we can, even when we're going through stuff, we have to still be open to God to speak words of encouragement to us that we can then share with someone else who is in need of encouragement. I can't tell you the number of times that, yeah, I may have been feeling like down in the dumps, but instead of speaking in line with the way I was feeling, I spoke what God was speaking to me when I came in contact with a person that needed to be encouraged. As a matter of fact, there were times where I actually looked for people to encourage because I wanted to speak life to them because as I'm ministering to them, I'm being ministered to. And I really hear this, that God is going to actually cause the deliverers to be delivered. God is causing deliverers to be delivered. As you begin to really commit to this, to the plan of God for your life, as you begin to commit to the study of the word and prayer and fellowship with God and worship of God in your private time, as well as public time, I really just sense that God is going to cause deliverance. God is going to cause those things that tried to hold on to you to just fall off of you and just release you so that you can be released, not only just to uh, uh, be released, just to be free, but be, re be released so that you can go and, and heal. The deliverers are going to be delivered and the healers are going to be healed. Once you get, 
what did he what did Jesus tell Peter? He said, when you are converted, strengthen your brother. So once you catch the revelation of who you are and what you're supposed to be doing, go and help somebody else unlock their purpose. Go go and help somebody else find joy. Go, go and help somebody else experience healing and wholeness. And so we got to be like Jesus now. And when there is doubt, when there is a lie from the devil trying to get us to move on the wrong thing, we have to answer every doubt immediately with the word of God. You think about the descent temptation of Jesus in Matthew 4. What did Jesus do? Jesus didn't say, I don't know about that. No, Jesus answered him immediately with the word. And after a while, the devil realized that he wasn't going to win because Jesus was established in the word. Jesus is the word. And, and he couldn't win against the word of God. And so he left them. And then and, and uh, it tells us in, in the 11th uh, verse of that, uh, Matthew 4, that then the angels came and ministered unto him. Because angels are ministering spirits sent forth to minister unto those who are the heirs of salvation. In Hebrews tells us that and so i pray that you were encouraged tonight with this word and so god right now i lift up my brother and my sister that uh, may be viewing this uh live or viewing this in a replay and i pray right now that whatever it is that they may be going through that you would shine a light of your biblical revelation to them that they can see that they have access to victory by the grace of God. Lord God, let them actually take these action steps and walk them out. Let them actually be consistent and committed to your process until they see victory. God, I just thank you right now for just healing and deliverance and salvation. I thank you, God, that the purpose, plan, and destiny that you have for their lives is now being unveiled. That they're able to walk in it confidently. And that that sense of identity, divine identity that you have given them, is able to keep them throughout all the, the trials and tribulations that they may encounter in life. God, I thank you for giving them wisdom, knowledge, understanding, might, counsel, the fear of the Lord, the anointing of God, a keen discernment, and a tongue to learn, that they should know how to speak a word in season to the person that is weary. They're not just going to be consumers, but now they're going to be participators and producers in the kingdom. God, I thank you, and I pray your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. In Jesus' name we pray, amen. And if you're listening and watching this and you want to accept 
Jesus Christ, you want to understand what his grace really means, that I, I invite you to accept Jesus Christ tonight. Make that confession of faith. Ask Jesus to come into your life. Make his home in your heart. If you need to get in contact with a Bible-believing church, you can email us at events at ylmconnect.org or reach us through one of our platforms that you see on the screen. And we'll be happy to walk you through those next steps and to start the process of your discipleship. And so I really pray that right now from your heart, you just pray, God, I, I'm, I want you. I'm, I'm tired of running. I'm tired of fighting. I'm tired of, I'm tired of being in my own strength in the midst of the struggle. Now, I want to rely on your strength. I want to rely on the strength that Jesus Christ came to give me when he rose with all power in his hands. I want to identify with the death, burial, and resurrection of Jesus Christ. And I want Jesus to be Lord of my life. I want you to just pray that prayer from your heart. And again, I want you to let us know that you made that decision by sending us a message through our platforms. We would love to just be in contact with you and to just walk you through those next steps. And if you don't live locally, we would love to connect you with a local house where you live, where you can be fed and empowered to continue to walk out your life in Christ. I bless you and I love you with the love of the Lord. Be blessed and refreshed, amen. Complete Deliverance, finding and keeping total victory for your life by Apostle Willie Talbert. Learn how to get delivered and stay delivered. God's Word shows us how to live in total victory. Live each day as a believer who is experiencing total victory and walking in complete deliverance. Get your copy today on Amazon.com. Changing of the Guards, Understanding Who Rules You by Dr. Mamie S. Talbert. Wake up and be sensitive to the Holy Spirit. Learn to pray until a change has taken place in the spiritual realm. Don't allow the wrong kinds of thoughts to thrive. Get your copy today on Amazon.com. Partner with YLM financially using the following methods. Text giving. Text give to one 3895 Givelify. Search for Yes Lord Ministries in Kenilworth, New Jersey. Our website. Visit www.ylmconnect.org and click Donate. Cash App. Dollar sign, Yes Lord M. Mail checks or money orders to Yes Lord Ministries, P.O. Box 425, Union, New Jersey, 07083. You're invited to our Sunday morning virtual worship experience at 8.30 a.m. Every Sunday night at 6.30 p.m., join us for our Sunday night Ignite service. 
every Wednesday morning from 5.30 a.m. to 5.45 a.m. Join us for corporate prayer. Our call-in number is 716-427-1096. And the access code is 172268-POUND. Every Wednesday evening at 7.30 p.m., join us for Spread the Bread Bible Study as we dive into the Word of God. Subscribe to our podcast, YLM Sermon of the Week, on iTunes, Google Play, and Spotify. On behalf of Apostle Willie Talbert, Dr. Mamie S. Talbert, and the Yes Lord Ministries Church family, thank you for joining us and welcome home.